Amen. I enjoyed that today. I enjoyed it so much because also the message just seems to resonate so much more on a public holiday like Freedom Day. Of course, it's generally the theme song that we have for this session. Uh, but I asked, I was like, guys, we're playing the whole song today. Um, yeah, Lira, Miss Lira there for us. Okay, let me welcome to the show Almarie Pretorius, who's the managing owner of the Mind Spa Institute. Almarie, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Today we're talking about developing our personal negotiation skills. It's a conversation that already I'm, I'm entering into it with a bit of trepidation. I feel like I'm, I'm one of those that's going to come in for a tough beating. And of course, to all of our listeners, you can of course be part of this conversation. Now we'll be taking your calls on this conversation. The number to use is 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line. It's 0 Six one four one zero four one zero seven. Almarie, what are negotiation skills? Negotiation skills are a method that we need to use to settle differences. Mm. So um, it's it's really, I think, a very critical skill. Although we sometimes only associate it with the business world, I think we don't always realize how much we need it even in our personal life. Mm. So um, it's also because we we. It's a process that we need to use so that we can avoid arguments or disputes. When I listen to what you're saying in terms of of your description that this is a skill that one has, it means that if you are bad at negotiating, you have the opportunity to change it if you are equipped with the right skills. Absolutely correct. Yes, it's a skill that can be learned. Mm. What are some of the tools that that we need to be aware of that do make for better negotiation? I think um, we need to learn to listen. And although it might sound obvious, we sometimes talk too much. So one of the golden rules of negotiation is the ability to literally shut up and listen. They call it the 70-city rule. So Mm. listen 70% of the time and only speak 30% of the time. And then also the ability to ask good questions, um, I think, is quite important. So I just I just want to take you a step back, um, Elmarie, because I'm thinking about in order to negotiate, it means that you need to uh, at least have gone as far as being able to sit around the table to discuss issues. There are people who are afraid or are, are afraid of confrontation or anything that may have semblances of confrontation. So let's begin with that as a first step. So really, I think let's unpack why we are scared to negotiate. Mm. And I think we're scared because we're scared of, of refusal or rejection, which is, which is a common human fear. And so we actually already decide in our minds that we're going to be refused. Um, and so we then don't even try to negotiate. So I think we need to, to, to in our minds, say to ourselves, um, I can have this. This is something that I need or something mm. that I want. Mm. We also have a, a fear of conflict, as you as you said previously. We, we don't want to engage in conflict. And for us, negotiation sometimes equals conflict, um, although it isn't actually true. What's the I difference another, between the two? Um, in terms of conflict and negotiation? Yes. Yes. Um, negotiation is a process in which to avoid conflict. Because conflict sometimes is very much about I want to win and I can only win if I make you lose. Mm. 
So it's, it's more of a fight. Whereas negotiation, in its true sense, when negotiation truly works, it's when both of us walk away with what we wanted. In other words, the, the win-win negotiation. Mm, 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 mm. Yo, that, what, you said, what you said was so, was so profound. Do you think that part of the reason why we end up with conflict, perhaps in, in different areas of, of life, is because people are more interested in, in winning than they are in providing a collective win? I think so, because I think we might have a misconception. Mm. I don't think people are evil and therefore only always want to win. We think that if we win, we've negotiated well. And I think what we need to, to remember is, is flexibility. Um, because if we go into a negotiation scenario with flexibility in mind, we give the other party flexibility as well, and that's a way to avoid conflict. So, in, in other words, I mean, we, we usually think about negotiation as negotiation, say, for instance, for a salary or a salary raise. Mm. And so the worst thing you can go in is say, I want exactly this amount, because that leaves no opening for negotiation by the other side. So better language would be something to say, I want to earn between this and this. And that gives the other party more flexibility. So I think flexibility is an important key in taking a situation from conflict to negotiation. You've touched on something really important. I remember reading a study a few years back, and it was about um, you know negotiation, salary negotiations in particular, and uh, how women and men uh, negotiate differently, and how often women will come out of salary negotiations with a marginal increase, and yet uh, men will come out of uh, a salary negotiation with close to 25, if not 30 percent of a salary increase. All of that based on what they were able to say in those negotiations. Absolutely. And I think I always say men are wonderful for lots of reasons. But that's one of the reasons that they're wonderful. Because sometimes, and I know we're generalizing, but sometimes we as women go into a negotiation process with a low self-value. So we actually bargain ourselves down before we even get to the table. And I think some of that might have to do with with the way that we brought up. Um, we're often brought up to be nice, um, and nice is wonderful, but mm-hmm. nice doesn't always get us into a position where we can negotiate. So I think that would be, for me, the main reason why men and women negotiate differently, is that we perhaps don't value ourselves enough. And just one other point is we also sometimes, and, and this goes for both men and women, We go into the workplace and we work very hard and we're very honest. We do all those wonderful things, but we hope that somebody sees us. And so we actually lack or or don't take the opportunities to showcase what we do Mm. because we mistake that for being prideful. How can we do that? Because uh, I know so many people, uh, you know, so many friends and, and just colleagues who, who work hard and who will often complain about the fact that their hard work is not being acknowledged, like they're not being seen within an organization in the way that they need to be seen, given the kind of contribution that they're making. Absolutely. And, and there are ways, I think, first of all, is to stop, you know, being so humble. And, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I think sometimes we're overly humble and therefore we don't say this is something that I contributed. I also find that often we don't speak up in meetings 
which I find quite strange because if you're invited to a meeting, you, you, you're really not invited, I think, to sit there and drink tea or coffee. Mm. So I think we need to go into meetings and voice, voice our opinions. Uh, maybe be brave enough to say if we don't agree, but also be brave enough to say that was my idea, that's something I contributed. Mm. Um, so it's really all about confidence. Um, at the end of the day, and the ability to speak up and use our voices. Given the fact that this is the scope of work that that you are in, what are some of the other common issues where negotiation is concerned that clients come to you to ask for assistance with? Um, One of the things we we deal with a lot is the issue of emotional intelligence, Mm. um, which is, um, you know, something I think we all know about but we don't always practice. And so negotiation is very much linked with the ability to strip yourself of emotion and the ability to not take things personally, which is much easier said than done. But the rule is actually that you must never take anything personally, even if it has your name on it. And so it was Howard Baker, I think, that said the most difficult thing in any negotiation almost is making sure that you strip it of the emotion and only deal with the facts. And so another aspect that we deal with when we talk with clients around negotiation is also the issue of problem identification. It's interesting for me that we often don't identify the real problem or the real issue, Mm. and then we get tangled up in all sorts of you know, issues around it, that's not the actual problem. Albert Einstein had a wonderful quote. He said if he had an hour to save the world, he would spend 55 minutes of that hour to define the problem. Because if he says, if I define the problem correctly, Mm. the solution will become obvious. And so it's also about understanding exactly what it is we're negotiating about Mm. and what we want out of it. It's so, about the yeah. end result. So, so Elmarie, if I'm hearing you correctly, we probably need to take a lot more time in understanding the nature of the problems that we're trying to resolve versus throwing solutions at, at a problem that we maybe on some level have only understood at, at surface value. Absolutely. And I think there's another issue. I always ask myself, is this a problem to be solved, or is it merely a truth to be accepted? Because not everything can be solved. Not everything can be changed. And so I think that's also important, is to make sure that what we want to negotiate about is actually something that can be changed. Mm, 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 mm. How do you get people to buy in? at the negotiating table because that of course becomes the part of of, of the process if you're going for a win with for for everybody involved in that process i think it's about taking the interest of both parties into consideration because i sometimes think we we storm into a negotiation only thinking about what it is that we want And if we can understand what's in it for the other party, then we can create a win-win scenario. I mean, so it's it's actually a difficult one. I mean, if you think about it, if you if you go in and ask for a raise, what's Mm. in it for your boss? (laughs) More loss of money, (laughs) diminished profits, probably. (laughs) Exactly. And so we have to give some thought because if we can understand what it is that that will 
um, you know, swayed the other person, then that's what we can tell them. You know, if I can say to you, if you let me have this, because if you give me this, that will mean that for you. And that which I offer you is attractive, gives you a better future. There's no reason why you won't accept it. Mm -hmm. Are there particular challenges that arrive when it comes to negotiation in within the family structure? Because, you know, you've told us about how the negotiations in and of, of, of themselves, in order for them to be successful, they have to be somewhat devoid of the emotion. In a family setup, I think that becomes almost impossible. Absolutely. I think you took the words right out of my mouth. It's very easy to be calm and collected and assertive and all those wonderful things at work. <laughs> um, and then we come home and we, we literally lose all those skills. Mm. Um, and it is obviously just because then it is rather personal. You know, it's a bit difficult not to take things at home personally. Um, but I think what, what sometimes works is if you can even look at your home life as a business, and you can maybe say to yourself that maybe there's two, two partners involved, or maybe both the partners are equal shareholders. And maybe the kids and the dogs and the cats and so on are, are, are wonderful employees of this business. And if you can take that kind of a stance, you can then start saying, let all of us do what is good for the business. And if we can answer the question, what is good for the business, it tends to cut through emotions uh, self-interest and greed. Um, so if we can start using our family setup and make it business-like, where we all contribute um, and we all have needs and you know there's payouts that need to be done and dividends to be shared, but the business has to grow and survive, maybe that's helpful. Mm. It becomes difficult to be to to exercise or or to 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 exercise one's negotiating skills and be good at it at you know just um the the first time because of the amount of confidence i think you you've touched on it that that it requires as well are there ways in which we can be building our confidence um towards being better negotiators i think so i think there are various ways i think to equip ourselves with knowledge is always good so, you know, if you can go on a confidence and assertiveness course, that's always helpful. But I think we can also, in addition to that, just think about how we talk to ourselves. We often talk to ourselves so negatively. So we would, again, talk ourselves down. We would say to ourselves, oh, you're such an idiot when mm -hmm. we've done something wrong. And I find we talk to ourselves in negative ways that we would never talk to any of our loved ones or our friends. And so, yes, confidence is, and assertiveness is a skill, but confidence very much is also a choice and a feeling. And I think we, we understand that we have power over our minds and over the way that we self-talk and what we feel. What is the role of self-accountability in all of that? Because uh, sometimes you find that people do talk down on themselves, but that's because they are pre trying to create a, a framework or an environment under which they hold themselves accountable. Yes, I think there is that. But, but I think we, talk, we, we, you know, the punishment, punishment must fit the crime. So I mm. think we sometimes mm. punish ourselves unnecessarily harshly for something that is not so bad um, and so I would I would think yes accountability of course we must take accountability for our mistakes but mm -hmm. I think we must always see it in relation 
very few things are actually the end of the world. You know, most of the time it's things that we can Doesn't feel past. like it in the moment. <laughs> exactly, it does. It does feel like that. Because in that moment we're mm. undergoing such a strong emotion. Mm. And our poor brains can't distinguish between a real emotion and an imagined emotion. So the emotional part of our brain is quite a diva. You know, in the middle of a soap opera, very dramatic. So very true. All right. Elmarie Pretorius is the managing owner of the Mind Spa Institute. Elmarie, just before I let you go, then any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners in terms of developing our personal negotiation skills? I think the focus for me would be to value yourself enough and to, to have enough confidence and to, to understand that what you want is okay, that you can have it. And I think we can have it all if it's actually possible. So love yourself enough to go and fight for yourself. Oh, as El- long as what you do is good for the business. Elmarie, we can only hope that we can have it all, right? <laughs> I think we must keep on trying. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a lifetime work. It's a lifetime journey of, of trying to get there. Because, you know, once you, you get to where you thought, ah, oh, this is the great place to be, suddenly you realize there's so much more that could be available to you. Elmarie Pretorius, the managing, of, the managing owner of the Mind Spa Institute, I thank you so much for coming onto the show and being part of our conversation this morning, Almarie.